Sound effects in this podcast is brought to you by Festlian Studios, BattleBars.com, and Pro Sound, and some of them are made by the Dungeon Master himself. This show is R-rated, so everybody be advised. Hello, D&D lovers, or if you just like a fantasy podcast, welcome to the show. My name is John Atnason, and I am the host narrator and dungeon master of Nordic D&D, the Ariana Saga, where we play a Dungeons and Dragons game which we have turned into this fantasy podcast. This is episode 21. Last episode, yeah, well, we kind of left in a doozy, so it's going to be really exciting to see what's going to happen in this episode. But also, guys, I do have an announcement to make. I am going to split up season one into arcs or chapters, you can call it, but I'm going to call it uh, arcs, then there will be room for breaks before we're going to finish season one. And I want to talk a little bit more about that, but before I do that, let's have a little announcement from BattleBards.com. Do you want BattleBards to help you make your game come so much more alive, like you're actually captured in a real or Sound effects are brought to you by BattleBards.com. And if you want sound effects like this, then go to our homepage at potbean.nordicdnd.com, click on BattleBards.com, and let them know Nordic DD sent you. Yeah, guys, be sure to do that and check out our homepage on Potbean where all our episodes are on from the first season. Uh, to the first arc. There's also an affiliate link t- that can take you to Festlian Studios where we use most of our music from. He has an amazing content. Be sure to check that out as well. Uh, on the homepage you also can actually become a Patreon of ours if you want to support us financially or just give a gift or just want to join an inner circle. Um, there's a way for you to do that and we would be very grateful for it. Um other ways that you actually can support the show is just to leave a comment, guys, or give us a like, or share an episode with a friend, or something like that. Anything would be very cool. Now, I don't know where you're listening, if you're listening on iTunes, or Stitcher, or Google, or on Spotify. Spotify, sadly, doesn't leave room for comments, but you can always go over to our uh, YouTube show called The Nerd Hangout, where we also ha- have all our podcasts. You can leave a comment there. And if you just are interested to see how this face looks, voicing this narration, you can see me there as well. If you like nerdish things, like movies, um, action figures, games, board games, and crafting, and all kinds of nerdy stuff, go check that out, guys. Uh, the Nerd Hangout on YouTube. And I think this is enough of uh, social things, and let's get back to the show. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, we really did leave Bastian and Martin, who play Kettle and Hunter, in the doozy last episode. Now, 
Our heroes have traveled all the way to the gates leading into barren lands of Midmorrow, where General Breton has been empowered by the Patreon of Hunter. He's banging the wall down, an order that the Patreon actually gave Hunter, which he refused to do. He is doing the demon's bidding now, and Hunter is there to stop him. But it felt like they were overpowered. It seemed like they didn't do much damage on him. But Kettle was fighting for his life, so was Hunter. Two halflings survived, the rest were killed, sadly. But Hunter, in the middle of the battlefield, remembered suddenly what the Magi Kuruk told him. And he has your bow in his hands, made out of the horns. He says to you, even if even I wanted, if I to, wanted remove to remove this bow this for, you, for you, I could not. For I know for now, I know that, now it that it is bound, bound to you. Did you know, Did you know the, power the power streams, streams from, the from the bow? Yeah, yeah that's what I've been told. Well, 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 I definitely, I definitely am, am feeling very connected, connected to it. To I, didn't I didn't know exactly know how exactly it works, how but, but... You have a you powerful Patreon on I know I not know your not alliance, alliance to it, it, but I must, but warn, I must you. warn you. It has intertwined it has your heart and life essence to this bowl. There's something, There's something else. else. There's another There's life essence born to the bowl as well, but only you. I don't, I don't know, know if you, if have, you have angered, angered your patriot. And he has and found, he has found another. another. Cause you both, you both stream, stream the same, the same power. power. There are two there lives are two bound, lives to, bound the to the Patreon you have. You have. And somehow, and somehow this bow. That means he has the same power as you want to. Well, yeah, and then yeah, some. And some. Mm-hmm. If your bow if your is to break, is to break you will die out. So will the so other one come to it. it. And maybe even maybe your Patreon. Patreon. Released. Released. Severely, Severely hurt him. Now to be honest, I don't know if this is exactly what went through the mind of Martin playing Hunter in this scene. But considering what he chose to do after, it is very likely. But now you have the context of understanding his decision. We are at the gates leading into the barrel lands of Midmorrow. Only two of the halflings survived. The other five of them died. The soldiers holding the halflings captives have died. But this general seems powerful. Hunter is looking at him, asking how he looks. It doesn't seem like he's been affected that much by all the attacks put on him. Kettle is fighting for his life, sending wolves, sending bears at him, but he kills them off. Kettle is optimistic as he always is, believing he will win this fight. It seems Hunter disagrees. Hunter, then it's your turn. How, how is he looking? Well, he, he looks good still. You can't really see a difference yet. 
Well, okay. Uh, I'm gonna yell at Kettle. Uh, Kettle, he's too strong for us. Um, this is my problem. You need to get away and finish what we started. And uh, please don't try and get me back. And then I uh, put my bow into the ground and I take my hoof and kicks it so it breaks. Okay, um, as you do it, the bow breaks and an immense energy explodes from the bow, knocking the general Breeden down instantly. He dies instantly, just falls to the ground. You hear a demonic roar. No! And Hunter falls lifeless down to the ground. The color of his skin starts to fade, slowly. So, is he actively dying now? Hunter is dying now, yes. Okay, Kirby, are we still running initiative? So I have a chance of getting... If he's dying, is he going to roll? No, the, the you're out of initiative. It's beyond the death saves. He's dying. But can I, can I heal him to get him back? You can try, but... It seems he has come too far. What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't... I did what I had to do. Ow. If I have a chance, I'll use all my movement to dash, run as far as I can over him, and I'll... I'll cast the Cure Wounds at the third and second level spell to try, uh, try to heal him. Kettle is blown away what's going on. He doesn't understand anything. He's confused. He runs and dashes over to this uh, dying friend who just loses his color completely. He casts spells of healing in a desperate attempt to save his life. I, w I, I would, uh, as the final thing, uh, yell, Don't! This is the only way I can be free. To kill yourself? Yes. Then Hunter takes his final breath. And in all this chaos that is happening right now, you didn't even notice where this immense roar that echoed through the valley as he died. But where this roar came from, now comes this spectral form, a flame. And then this lucid demon comes. It falls to the ground by Hunter and touches him. He looks angry but emotional at the same time. He calls out. No, 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 this was not this supposed, was not to, happen supposed to happen this way, why did you not did just you do just as, I want? as I want? He clutches his fists as he says this, and then takes the hand of Hunter, holds it tight, and looks up in the sky and says, You have escaped the hand of Nightus with this fertility sacrifice. This demon seems to be so conflicted, he holds the hand of Hunter, but then he clutches his eyebrows and throws the hand away and says To Vavra, to Vavra with, you, with you He gets up and walks away And as he's to leave he says Ignatius will come for me, Towels will have I have faith to last, last time can I, can I do something, can I damage the entity, hit it or use a spell on it? 
Yeah, but as you do, you notice that this is just like an illusionate form, um, spirit form. Because as he walks away, he just like vanishes, like a like a vapor just vanishing in the air. He's gone. Um, I have no chance. I try to do use the, the, all I have left of my magical uh, abilities, all my spell slots in in uh, reviving him. I don't have a spell that can remind me, sadly. But I, I try. I try to, you know, infuse my my last magical ability. As you come close to Hunter, you see the color in his eyes just disappearing. You cast your spells trying to revivify him, but it feels like the spells are just falling on an empty vessel. Nothing happens. You notice when you come close, as his bow is lying on the ground, you hear like a heartbeat, like a pulse in the bow, his broken bow, and a faint light of red energy. As you come closer, it stops. There's no light anywhere. Not in the hunter's eyes, his skin, or the bow. He's gone. Sit down and I, I, I cry. I cry a lot, and I sort of I take his broken uh, bow and try to try to put it back together because I saw that was the that was the way of reviving him. So I do that while I have a hand on his body, trying to restore him with the with cure wounds. I just desperately uh, try to bring him back while I sit there and uh, and cry. So what? Was I can't I can't finish this alone. What is This makes no sense. Yeah, I just I sit there, try to try to revive it. It is dark out, and there has never been so quiet. Or it feels like in your life, kettle never been so quiet around anywhere. It's completely dark where you are. This blinks of energy, magic that you throw just lights up the area where you are. There's crying hurt. Until you don't have any more magic abilities, no more spells to cast, and the blinking of the light stops in that area. There's just total darkness, there's total silence. Nothing is heard, not even a bird in the air. Time goes on, Kettle, uh, it seems like uh, the longest time ever. You're sitting there by the corpse of your friend Hunter. What do you do? Um, oh, Kettle, um, Kettle just, after he used 
what he had left, which was not much of a magical energy. Um, he just sits there and, uh, yeah, and the, 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 the burned and blood covered dust also gets, uh, gets, gets a little trickled by uh, the tears that runs down, uh, Kayla's cheek. Um, but he, he quickly wipes them away and, uh, with his not so impressive physical ability, tries to um, lip, carry uh, both Hunter and his bow on top of the griffin. Yeah, okay. The griffin is a fairly intelligent animal and has been trained uh, when it was recovering. So it knows what's about to happen when you come close. So it like leans down, waited to be mounted. Okay, and I just place him on top of him and holds him myself and I take a bit of rope and ties him to the eagle so he won't fall off with the fly. And I tie him and I, I grab his fragments of his bow, put them in my own backpack and I I fly towards um, Bliss again. I know, first off, I search that guy for anything. Dick guy. Well, you find on him a plate armor. He has a great hammer, a long sword, a shield, and yeah, that's it. So that's something. Do I find gold or anything like that? No, it doesn't seem to have any valuables on him, uh, apart from the weapon he's carrying in his armor. I don't take the longsword, but I take the plate armor, because that's rare. Well, it's common items, right? Yeah, they are common. Well, they're coming now. Um, they were infused before with magic power, but it came from... There's bow actually and from the demon. Uh, so these normal common weapons were empowered by his Patreon. So it's it's normal weapon now, but they have value. They are in good shape. Yeah, I take I take I take all the equipment that could be of some use, put in the bag of holding. And as you are doing this, Kethel, you see the two halflings who escaped walk up to you. Their heads are hold held low. They're holding their hands, like in a prayer form. You see uh, sadness in their eyes, but gratitude for the salvation of their freedom. For the first time, Kittle um, sort of neglects what the halfling is trying to communicate to him. and not No, he, he doesn't even neglect it. He, he looks angrily at them, and he, uh, he shouts. If you were only able to defend yourself, this wouldn't have happened. They don't speak to you, but they like put their hands up so you can see the binding still on their arms and their bruises on their skin. Like to show their helplessness in the situation. No, I, I can't use your explain, explanations for anything. They don't answer to that remark. Just put their hands back down and look down to the ground. Take the other uh, griffin. You can fly to bliss. Seek out tower room or something. I can't um, help you more than that right now. They're the halfling who are standing in front, <clears throat> trying to communicate with you, walks over to the uh, griffin and does as you says and gets on it. The other halfling who are standing in the back was looking kind of down the entire time. He has been severely beaten. Um, he 
walks over to the griffin as well, but as he passes you, you see he looks up. He has only one eye. He shakes as he walks, like barely holding himself up in the air from uh, exhaustion. You notice his hands are still bound. So you take your eyes off him again, and then you feel like he grabs your leg, like just holding it tight to show his uh, gratitude in a way, his own way. And of course, you then you look back down to see him, but his hands are still bound. And you see this vague viper of shadow vanishes from your legs. Before you acknowledge more what's going on, the halfling is up on the griffin and they fly away. Um, I fly after them, sort of partially looking after them, but um, mostly maintaining... Uh, I'm trying to... Yeah, bring Hunter back safely. So during the flight, I make sure that I've tied your buddy to the griffin, and I make sure that um, it doesn't fall off and he's not bumped too much by the griffin flying. Um, and then uh, at some point, we'll probably reach Bliss. Yeah, so now you're flying high in the air and you see the other griffin not too far off, but you're keeping your distance and you notice that it's just extremely silent. There's no birds, it's middle of the night, the moon is so big that it almost lights up the entire earth as far as you can see, um, but it's just silent, it's unnaturally cold, um, maybe just from your feverish um, wounds after the fight and just the way that you feel after the fight as well the sadness you're just left alone with your miserable thoughts of what happened and what is going on while we fly yeah i try to sit and meditate okay telling the griffins just steer us back i try to i try to commune as best as i can with bushka I have no way of doing so with spells, but um, I'm trying to anyway. As you are trying to do that, uh, a gentle breeze starts coming um, in the air, um, flying on your skin, cooling it down, and you see leaves flying, and you feel like a sense of comforting as these leaves remind you of your home. And it almost like draws your thoughts away from the death of Hunter to a better time. In bliss, I uh, I try to um, I try to push the comforting back, so not I'm not accepting it. And so I, instead, I I try to use my uh, I try to make it clear of my intention of communing with Pushka. I push her uh, comforting aside, comfort aside, and I and I just ask sternly, how can I get him back? What 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 do you need me to do to get him back? And as you, in frustration, uh, ignore this sensation of comforting, um, it becomes silent again. The breeze stops, and there seems to be no more answers for you to find here. I snap out of my meditation, and I fly to uh, bliss. 
Yeah, well, it seems like your anger is not going down in your trip and you fly a couple of hours more and then you come to bliss. It's still night or early morning. Um, it's dark out still. Um, it hasn't begun to light up yet and people are still sleeping. Everyone, even Taugrim is asleep. As fast as I can, I wake everyone up. I would probably know that the town had has some healers. Yeah, there are a few among your people. Yep. So I seek out the most powerful healer, and I uh, I ask them to, uh, and I show the show the body of Hunter. I run with him in my arms, still still crying. Yeah. And I I yell I yell, um, bring forth the remedies. We we need we need to bring him back right now. We don't have much time. Just and I know someone must be able to do so. Bring him back. And of course, this stir, uh, stirs up the place. People are running to aid, uh, getting water, getting blankets, uh, evaluating the situation. People are also looking around, uh, around probably a, a bit panicking because they don't know what is going on. I, mean, I tell him he's dead. When, when you say he's dead, people like, kind of stop up and uh, become a bit in shock. Hunter, Hunter's dead? The gossip goes around very fast and, uh, and these uh, healers are looking at them. Shaking their head, you see a more powerful one coming and trying to um, cast a stronger uh, magic. Have to be willing. But yeah, Martin's right. You have to be willing. Also for in yeah. also for true resurrection, you have to be willing. You can speak to the dead. That's basically it. Well, in in the meantime. Taugrim has arrived. <clears throat> he sees what's going on. Soon to connect the dots. He just holds over his face, clutching it tight, whispering to himself, No, no, no. Someone, you must be able to use uh, some form of ancient magic to get him back. As you are struggling to get uh, the druids and the healers in bliss to revive, Hunter Kuruk the Magi comes out from amongst the crowds. He lifts his head up high, looks with half eye down at Hunter, looks at the bow and says, Fools, there is nothing to do here. He is gone and cannot be revived. I told him to watch the bow. He cannot come back. Why? He points over to the bow. That is why he took what I said to heart. It seems he has sacrificed himself. Why, 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 why would he do that? That's not, that's not anything that Hunter has been prone to do before. That I cannot answer, boy. You saw him last, so you should be. No, 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 boy, you are mistaken. You saw him last. He was alive and well when I saw him last. Then Taugrim steps up and joins the conversation. Easy, Grook. You saw, you saw him before we took out. Before we went... We were fighting, as you can clearly see my wounds and his. Kettle, please calm down. You saw him before we left. It was you, you and Targrim that had an idea of uh, of us chasing this guy, I getting him to stop opening uh, opening this this gateway. That was your idea and Targrim's. It was important, Kettle. No one wants any of you to get hurt. Hunter volunteered for the safety of people of Bliss, as you did. If that wall came down, boy. All hell would flood into Westmorrow. We would all be in danger of death. 
I warned him. I told him he has angered his patron and told him he was in great danger. I knew nothing about this wall or where he was. Kuruk even told him to take Hadurai's soul crystal and told him that maybe he was able to capture him in it. Yes, I did. And this makes even less sense. He told me to wait until he knew more. The dangers of the crystal is not to be trifled with. He knew that after witnessing what it did to Hadurai. There's no way he or we could know that it was him at the wall. The scouts just said it was Breeden. But nonetheless, it was more than Breeden. It was Hunter's Patreon. We must respect his choice of sacrifice and honor him. We were winning. We had this guy. Did you know? Yeah, we did. My dear boy, I do not think so. You were not there as you said yourself, so you wouldn't know. You were right, but it seems Hunter disagrees with you. Just leave me be. Kettle, please wait. And Kettle ignores Targrim and just goes away. Give him time, Targrim. He'll be alright. He needs to mourn in peace. Yes, you're right. Poor lad. I need to mourn as well. Excuse me, Kuruk. Today was a sad day, Tawakrim, but he saved us. Remember that. Give him a hero's burial. I intend to. Tawakrim at this point goes out to a forest to find some solitude and a place to mourn and to pray. Oh, Bushka, why did it have to be this way? Poor hunter. Then Kettle comes out of nowhere and starts to speak, startling Taugrim. You spent a lot of time with him? Kettle, you startled me. Yes, I did. He told me the story of... Kettle interrupts Taugrim before he's able to finish his sentence. And I don't know what you said to him. Something has happened that went over my head that clearly motivated him to take his own life. Kettle... I've known you since you were a child. Believe me, I did no such thing. In times like these, we must not lose faith or trust in one another. It's the trust that I just lost for you. Why have you lost faith in me, lad? And everyone else at this place. Don't let the bitterness consume you. It's a bit too late for that. If you wanted me to, to understand the situation, you should have involved me in all of this way earlier. That was Hunter's choice to make, Kettle. I'm sure he had good intentions. No, he didn't. Why do you say so? Because he's, he's never acted this way before we went here. He's never acted like he would sacrifice himself for the betterment of a cause. But now, he's, now, he, now he suddenly wants to because he spent a lot of time talking with you and that, that uh, old precarious shaman. I can assure you we were just bonding. Hunter did all the talking, I just listened. I have no, no interest in heeding your advice insofar as it's scrupulous and, uh, and doesn't involve being transparent about your motivations. So I don't want to talk. I still want the revolution. But not like this. And then Kettle just leaves, ending the conversation. Telegram still stays alone with his thoughts and prayers. Poor lad. 
I pray you will not be consumed by this misguided hate you feel. This is bad, Burka. Really bad. I hope this won't hinder the revolution. Taugrim then drops his staff, takes off his rags, and goes down on his knees to pray, and says, We must help the halfling slaves. Be with his side, O mother of the earth. Heed my prayer, Burka. And Togrim then spends the night in prayer and meditation. So after leaving Togrim and your conversation with him, what does Kettle do then? Kettle will just go out and, uh, and find find some place that he knows Togrim or any. He, he, he seeks out a new place to sit. Finds a, finds a tree somewhere um, off ground. This is there. And here is where we're gonna leave our heroes for this episode. This one is a short one, but the last one was an hour, so it's okay. This is just a good place to stop. Thanks for stopping by. Be sure to check out next week's episode to see how all this will pan out, guys. There's much frustration, bitterness going on. Is this the end of the revolution or merely the beginning? Stay tuned, guys. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. See you next week, nerds. Goodbye. I think I broke kettle. <laughs>